The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Thank you, everybody. Today, um, I brought another great woman disciple of the Buddha with us. Uh, Her name is Sona. And Sona is very different from the two women uh, I spoke about in the last two days. Uh, Sona was known in the Buddhist times to be um, a mother or a housewife with many children. Uh, In fact, she had uh, 10 children. This is kind of a little hard for us to uh, relate to in our modern day life. Um, But it's not uncommon uh, in the ancient times, maybe ancient uh, India, even maybe it's it's still so in some part of the world nowadays. I know uh, for myself, um, my grandmother had five children, and many in her generation had six, seven, eight children. And um, women marry very young, and so they often have a lot of kids. What is not common uh, for Sona is that all her kids were doing really well. All 10 children were doing really well. That's kind of special. And they had their own families, um, their businesses were doing well, and they probably had, um, you know, she probably had a grandchildren, and so it was all good. That's probably not very, uh, very common. Um, her husband uh, was a devoted disciple of the Buddha. And at some point, uh, her husband decided to join the monastic Sangha uh, with the Buddha. And so that left Sona alone with all her children, all her 10 children. Um, initially, this wasn't quite uh, an issue. And those days often, uh, the elderly uh, were cared uh, for by the children, and all 10 of her children were doing really well. So she decided, I'm just going to give away all my possessions and split it over um, across all 10 families, 10 children's families. And uh, she asked if she could just stay one, with one uh, child at a time and kind of just rotate this. She didn't have a lot of needs, so bare um, necessity would do. And uh, that was working well for a while. And back then, there weren't, weren't really senior centers. So that was how uh, elderly often are being cared for. Um, but that didn't last very long. After some time, um, there were began to be disputes, bitterness, complaints, accusations. We probably all know 
you know, there probably a bunch of family dramas when in-laws are living with the, with the family. And so the challenges with the living with the in-laws have stood the test of time from thousands of years ago till now. And so that was the case for Sona. That was a saddening. You can't imagine, you know, she had given away everything to all her children and her husband um, is no longer there to go back to. And so she thought, uh, well, and there was really no other option but for her to also join the Buddhist monastic Sangha. And there was no refuge in the children's homes um, or, you know, she also had no home of her own. And so she joined the monastic Sangha. Um, that was the only way uh, for her. But um, this also turns out uh, to be not easy uh, for Sona joining um, the uh, monastic Sangha of the Buddha. Uh, she, uh, her path, a monastic path, uh, wasn't like um, Bada's uh, that I saw, I uh, described yesterday, um, or Patachara's. Um, uh, when she joined uh, the monastic Sangha, uh, she realized uh, all the way up till uh, that point, uh, that uh, point of her life, she had always lived as uh, uh, most of the, her, her life were kind of like wife, mother, grandmother. And she had a really hard time to adapt into a monastic Sangha life. And maybe a, a lot different to live in a monastic Sangha. Uh, you meet with the people who you don't really know whether you like them or not like. Uh, don't like them, and uh, there are a lot, a lot of a different kind of things uh, to do. Um, you know, maybe the uh, kutis or the cabins need to be fixed, and and they needed to learn to fix the cabins and all of this kind of things. Um, and she had no clue about those. And by the time she joined the monastic sangha, she was already kind of old and weak, you know, wasn't very young. And so she did things her ways and other nuns did things their ways. And she often get criticized by other nuns. Maybe they were younger, maybe a lot of them were younger and they would criticize her even on small matters. So that was really tough for her. And so, um, but Sona, uh, one of the prominent qualities of this woman, Sona, was that she's courageous, strong, determined. She wasn't discouraged by any of the challenges that she's facing. So her sincerity, dedication, and steadfastness led her one step at a time on the Dharma, Dharma path. So she just kept at it. 
you know, there is this term that one of my teachers, Philip Moffat, sometimes would say, I'm called practice the practice, not practicing the results. And so she just give herself over to practice as much as she could. And she probably didn't have a very good memory, but she set um, the Buddhist teachings in her memory. She memorized it by heart, and she practiced whenever she remembered to do so. And so it was kind of a wholeheartedness that she went forth uh, with um, this monastic life. And so definitely not like... Um, Bada, who was very quick at grasping the teachings, um, this was not easy. And she's like this turtle, you know, going one step at a time. But she kept going. And one day, this was what happened. As she recounted this uh, in the legends of the Terries, Apadana. And so she said, and then Nanans left me alone in the retreat for Buddhist nuns, going off with the instruction, heat up the water while we're gone. You can see, you know, the nuns were a little kind of mean when I read this, you know. Uh, they were all going for a retreat, and, and, but they, they asked a, Sona to go heat up the water while they're gone. But um, this is what happened. She said, Then bring water I poured it into a small pot. After placing it on the hearth, seated, I then kindled my heart. Just in the simplicity of those activities, pouring water into the small pot and putting it on the hearth, she sat down and her mind became collected, settled. You can say, entered into a state of a samadhi and mindfulness. Just so she says, seeing the body's diseasedness, essencelessness, impermanence, throwing off all the defilements, I achieved arahanship. So right in this process, she saw the impermanence, not self, and she let go of all the defilements and became one of the awakened women. Then, coming back, those nuns asked me about the hot water. Through concentration on the fire, I quickly made the flame ignite. Guess it, maybe she had a little psychic power or something. Uh, it's kind of fun. And then, astonished, the nuns made that fact available to the Buddha. Hearing it, Buddha, overjoyed, spoke this verse right then. 
a life lived only for one day, undertaken with a strong effort, is better than a century lived inert, lacking energy. So she was known to be one of the foremost of the nuns who had courageous energy, courageous effort in this whole process, never giving up. Was determined. Her old age, her household holder conditioning, didn't hinder her capacity to practice at all. She practiced the practice patiently and wholeheartedly, one moment at a time. I was reflecting that in the age and the culture, well. One is constantly pushed for efficiency, speed, patience, and a wholeheartedness can be hard to come by. And yet, this can be one of those most important qualities and capacity to cultivate. And through this story, um. And may also realize that meeting difficulties and challenges are inevitable on our Dharma path. The Buddha experienced immense challenges too before his awakening, including fear and dread, living in the forest, and he faced it. And so did this disciple Sona, and so will we. If we were to continue on our own Dharma path, and Jack Cornfield said this、uh, in his book, "The Path with the Heart." As we follow a genuine path of practice, our sufferings may seem to increase because we no longer hide from them and from ourselves. When we don't follow the old habits of a fantasy and escape, we're left facing the actual problems and contradictions of our life. A genuine spiritual path does not avoid difficulties or mistakes, but leads us to the art of making mistakes wakefully, bringing them. To the transformative power of our heart, and so as we rest, abide in the stillness, openness of our heart, we allow the difficulties, the storms, to pass through. Or not to push them away, not to run away from them, but we're cultivating this capacity to allow to be with the challenges and difficulties of our own life and the lives of all beings. So may this be the trans- transformative power of our heart. For the well-being of all beings everywhere.
Thank you, everyone, for being here. Um, may you all be well. <laughs>